Coach Corey Wayne, and this is my video coaching newsletter. And the topic of today's newsletter is going to be self-talk and what it reveals. Well, I've got an email here from a woman, and she writes in about a guy that she basically met around March of last year, started dating him kind of casually, and this particular dude had been cheated on by a previous girlfriend of his, and I guess he says it left him depressed and sad for the better part of a year. And he's basically sworn off love, relationships, says he'll never get married, never have kids, left him jaded. And so in October, and so she didn't pressure him. And so in October of this past year, she was at a party and found out that he had been texting with another woman. She confronted him about it and he friend zoned her. And now she's like, what do I do? And so what's interesting about this email is that she shares some of the things that this particular guy says. And this is a skill that all of us need, the ability to read other people and to understand how they think. And what's interesting is when you know what to look for, and that's one of the things I tried to put in my book, was to teach men and women how to understand how men and women and people in general show up in life. And because your ability to read other people and determine their true nature, determine their true compatibility with you or suitability with you is going to dramatically affect your ability to achieve the things that you want in life and to have the kind of quality relationships with other people that you want. And it's really powerful when you can watch a newscast or see something on TV and listen to your either your favorite politician or your favorite pundit talk about themselves, talk about how they view the world, talk about how they view their problems and you can really understand what is below the surface and how that person and then you can match that up with their actions, you know, especially like when you're dealing with politicians because politicians all tend to say one thing but when you look at their actions and see how they behave consistently over time, you can read through all the bullshit and tell what they're really like and what they're really going to do. And I'll give you an example. I was watching – I watched part of the CNN town hall, if you will, that Obama gave on gun control. It was I guess about a, a week ago. And I, it was interesting to listen to his response to a couple of women. The first one I remember was Taya Kyle and she's the wife of Chris Kyle. If you've seen the the movie American Sniper that Clint Eastwood did, that was her husband and obviously his, her husband had been killed by a guy who was a vet at a shooting range and I assume that's one of the reasons why they invited her there. And the other woman was a woman who had been raped and so they were asking President Obama about his opinions and views. And so what's interesting is that you listen to him talk and he says, I respect the Second Amendment, I'm not trying to take your guns away, blah, 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 blah. But when you listen to kind of under the surface how he responds to things and you look at somebody that, inter that was friends with him 20 years ago, came Obama came around and said, I do not believe the American people or that people should be allowed to own guns. If you, under, you understand that and then you look at his answer, you can see what his, his real goal, his real belief, his model of the world is, is that he just doesn't believe people should have guns. The woman who was raped said, why should I not be allowed 
to have a gun. What is the problem with it? If I had a gun, I'd been able to defend myself. And his response basically was to her talking about the way he views things is, well, there's also evidence that if you'd have had a gun, there's a really good chance that gun would actually get taken away from you and used against you. So he says something like that in the same sentence with, hey, I totally support your right to own a gun. But at the end of the day, the way he views it, his model of the world is people just shouldn't have guns. They're not responsible enough with them. And so therefore, it's just better to ban all of them. But when you look at historical evidence of banning anything, look at prohibition from the early 1900s. That shit did not fucking work. How well has the war on drugs worked? Well, let's see. We got Mexico, which is on the verge of becoming a failed state across our border. And you look at a country like Portugal, which I think was about 10 years ago, they decriminalized all drugs. And they focused all of their law enforcement on keeping people safe, keeping drug addicts from overdosing, and people who are habitually using drugs, giving them counseling and therapy. Because the what they've discovered is the root issue with drugs is people are trying to escape and they don't feel connected to other people. They don't feel connected to or a part of society. And you look at anything that governments try to do, their solution, people that are control freaks, is that they want to they, – they have the attitude that they're smarter than everybody else. They're smarter than all the rest of us and therefore a small group of People like them should be making the decisions for all of us and they fundamentally do not respect the freedom and the divine nature of us and the fact that like in America, the way the founding fathers set up the constitution was that our freedom comes from the creator and the constitution was simply legal evidence of something that already existed that predates the state. Or man. In other words, when you're born into this world, your freedom comes from the creator. It doesn't come from the state and it doesn't come from man. It comes from the Lord. You're presumed to be responsible enough with that freedom to live your life however you choose. And therefore, if you want to own a gun, it's your divine fucking right. And that's what the Constitution, the Second Amendment, all that is legal evidence that this is your default right. Now, you can make all kinds of arguments to keep guns and you can – and there's people that make plenty of what sounds like reasonable arguments why people shouldn't have guns. But at the end of the day, when you try to control something, you look at the war on drugs, it just simply doesn't work. And it doesn't matter when you have some, when you're dealing with somebody who has an ideology, it doesn't matter what evidence you present them. They're strictly going to move ahead and operate consistently with how and who – they view themselves to be. So with that in mind, I got a quote that I wrote on this topic and then we're going to go through her email. And the quote says, you should always listen to and pay attention to how people talk about themselves and what they have to say about how they view the world and life. People always will act consistently and behave in ways that are consistent with who they view themselves to be despite whether or not that view is accurate. Dishonest people tend to think that everyone is dishonest and this justifies their continued dishonesty. Cheaters tend to think that everyone cheats 
and this justifies their continued infidelity. Everyone has flaws, shortcomings, weird idiosyncrasies, and personality quirks. No matter whom we choose to spend our time with, we're going to be spending it with people who have flaws. The key is to make sure that you only spend your time with people who share the same goals, values, and standards as yourself. You are and you become who you associate with. Choose wisely. I'll give you an exa- another example about, about that from my own life. One of my business partners I used to have when I was in real estate, he was a really neat guy. and He was very smart when it came to business and he was really good with money. He just tended to have a streak of a scoundrel in him. And even though we were in business together many times, like when it came to buying properties or foreclosure properties, I often found myself competing against him for the same property. Like I remember when my partners and I decided I was going to branch off and create a retail division of our company, which only focused on basically being a real estate and a mortgage company, a traditional brokerage and, and mortgage company. All of my contacts that I had in the foreclosure business, I turned those all over to one of my partners. And he was supposed to keep buying those houses from those same contacts so I could continue to obviously earn a living. I could take some of that money and pump it back into the company so we could grow it from nothing into a, a big company. And after about four or five months of this, one of the methods that I used to buy foreclosure properties, I used to buy a lot of HUD foreclosures, which are basically FHA loans that had gone bad. And I did very well with that. And what was interesting is when I turned that over to him and I taught him how to buy those properties and get the bid right and submit it so we would get get the bid, I noticed that the number of properties just started dropping off until literally like two months had gone by and there wasn't a single HUD foreclosure. I used to buy at least two or three of those a month when I was doing it myself. And then what I realized that he was doing was he just stopped putting bids on HUD properties altogether because there was a guy that he personally bought properties from. We call these guys flippers. You know, he would, these guys would flip houses. So this guy that he was buying houses from, I, I had always bid against this, this dude because he bought HUD foreclosures. And anytime he might have outbid me by a little bit, my business partner would end up buying that property. So I literally was competing against my own business partner, which should have been happening. But it was just one of the things that I had to put up with because it's what I had agreed to ahead of time when we started our company. It was always a part of friction in our business. And so he had just stopped bidding on the HUD properties and he let this other guy go out and bid on them because I was no longer competing against this other dude. And so he'd buy these properties and he because he'd earned a bigger por- portion of the commission when he bought them that way. And so he wasn't holding up his end of the bargain. And I mean at that point, I had known the guy for several years and it's like it didn't surprise me. But it's like, come on, man. You looked me right in the eye and you committed to what you were going to do. And then you take like an end around to basically screw me out of money that I would have gotten. And then so obviously I had to change the deal. I had to step back in and take all my contacts back and continue growing that portion of the company with my own money and buying my foreclosure properties because he just wasn't holding up his end of the bargain. And that the fact that he operated like that and always operated that that way eventually was one of the reasons why after 10 years of being in business with somebody and working with, you know, he and I had worked together for a couple of years before that, it's just, he ain't going to change his nature. It's just, he looks at things from the perspective of 
what's in it for me, what's the best deal I can negotiate for myself and fuck everybody else. He used to joke around, I worship the almighty dollar. I mean that's that's just the way he looked at things. So how could I possibly be, be surprised that he always operated consistently with that worldview? Just like our president who's on record 20 years ago telling somebody, I don't think people should own guns. But he always qualifies, oh, I'm not trying to take your guns away. But at the end of the day, he doesn't believe people should own guns. And so if you look at what he does, anything he can do to restrict or make it more difficult for people to own guns, because eventually someday he wants to see that the American people are completely disarmed because he believes the world would be a safer place if we had no guns. He has consistently with who he views himself to be. But that's why he can, in the same sentence, say, I'm not trying to take your gun rights away. And oh, by the way, you know, there's evidence to support that even if you had a gun, your rapist would have basically gotten your gun and used it against you. So therefore, you're too stupid to know what's best for you. And therefore, you need people like me who are just so smart to make all your decisions for you. That's how tyrants always behave. And our founding fathers were very familiar with tyrants and they knew how to deal with them. And that's what you know what's beautiful about the Constitution is it's an instrument not to restrain the people, but to restrain the government. And what's interesting when I look at today, kids in school are not taught anything about our founding fathers. They're not taught anything. If you look at the media, the founding fathers, oh they're a bunch of racists and a bunch of idiots and this all oh, this constitution, well we should just do away with that. And the average person you know, it's like conversations I've had with younger people. It's like they have no fucking clue about the Founding Fathers. They have no idea about the Constitution. They've never read it. They don't know anything about it. And when you see the same propaganda and news in the media all the time, oh, the Founding Fathers are a bunch of racists and we should get rid of that damn constant, that pesky Constitution. It's just sad. I mean, you think about what are the consequences of that 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 years from now when you have generations of kids that are brought up and they know nothing about the Founding Fathers and they know nothing about the Constitution and the principles under which it was written. I have a problem with that, obviously. That's why I talk about those things. People go, why do you care about that shit, Corey? Why is that a big deal? Why do you talk about politics and those things? Why do you interject that shit? Now, I get, whenever I talk about politics or religion, that's the one, one of the few things that people bust my balls about. And if you look at the back of my book here, there's a quote on the back of it, and it's also on my website. And the quote says, which is kind of hard to find, it's a little blurry. It says, enlighten the people generally, and tyranny and oppressions of body and mind will vanish like evil spirits at the dawn of day. So when people ask those questions, why do you talk about this stuff, Corey? Because it's all part of what I do, and it's all part of my mission and my purpose in life, and teaching people things that I know about because it's important. It's important to you and I and everybody else on this globe that's hurtling through the galaxy at thousands of miles an hour. This is our divine nature. This is our divine right. You may have seen me talk about in comments and in other videos, this is your birthright to know this stuff. And there's a lot of people in this world that are control freaks and they look at the world and they're incompetent, they're stupid, they're not educated, they haven't studied history. And they're in positions of power and they're doing everything they can to concentrate ever increasing amounts of power and control in the halls of power into a ever shrinking group of intellectual elite as the, 
David, what's his name, Rockefeller likes to refer to himself. Guys like that, they got more money than they know what to do with and they think all the world's problems will be solved if we just let a bunch of people like them, the intellectual elite, as he so often refers to himself and his cronies, make all the decisions for the rest of us because again, we're too fucking stupid to know what's good for us and therefore we should have people like them making all the decisions. And when I read things and I see things in the media and it's like, it fucking pisses me off. And it should piss you off too. And what's interesting is like when I sit around with people who are younger, people are 18, 19, 20 and we start talking about the founding fathers and I start talking about the constitution, where it came from and the premise, they go, oh wow, that makes a lot of sense. Like if you look at the constitution, the whole purpose, and I call all, the whole government is constructed, there's one premise there, and that is protecting your freedom as an individual because democracy is mob rules. In other words, whatever the majority wants, that's what a democracy is. But we're a constitutional republic. Therefore, even if 90% of the people want something to be a certain way, if it infringes on your free will and your property rights, can't fucking do it. And if you look at the federal government, the federal government is instituted to take care of foreign affairs and the way the constitution is set up. Anything that's not specifically given to the federal government is reserved for the states. And there's a reason why there's 50 states. What we really are is 50 countries that are part of the United States of America. And the reason being is each state has its own constitution, has its own governor. The governor of each state is in essence the president of that state. And each state has a Congress and a Senate. Isn't that interesting? Why? And if you look at all the city, state and local governments, it goes back to protecting the freedom of the individual. Why? Because each individual that's born in this world is a divine being whose freedom came from the creator. And therefore, if you, when you understand that, if you, look, you read the writings of the Founding Fathers and their intent and the principles upon which they formed our union, it makes a lot of sense to why they did things because so many people, there's just way too many fucking tyrants in this world and busybodies to just think if people like them control everything, the world will be a better place. And the more control you concentrate in a smaller group of people's hands, the more things get fucked up in the world. And there, if you study history, you go back thousands of years, you, you can see it. It's plain as fucking day. But most people, you know, they're more concerned about playing video games and where their next meal has come from to take the time to learn this stuff. It's like when I'm not working, all I do is read and learn and watch videos, study history. That's what I do in my free time. That's what I really have a passion for. And that's why I talk about such a diverse amount of topics in my videos. But anyway, without all that, those different things in mind, let's go through her email. She says, hi, Corey Wayne. I've been watching your videos on YouTube and I've really been learning a lot from them. Thank you. Most of your videos are geared towards men. I'm a woman and I was wondering, can you or will you ever write a book geared towards helping women too? Maybe possibly someday, but at the end of the day, I wrote my book for guys because quite frankly men are the ones that need the most help. 
there is a serious fucking shortage of alpha males and alpha females running shit around the world. And if you're a woman, you can read my book and what it will help you understand is human behavior and as a woman, what you're naturally inclined to do. So once you've read the book several times, when you feel emotionally naturally inclined to do something or behave a certain way, it will give you an understanding of why you feel that way and why you're inclined to behave a certain way so you don't become hijacked emotionally by this situation. You can instead take a step back and you can look at the dude that you're interacting with like this particular guy here that we're going to be talking about and make the right choice for yourself to be able to see through the bullshit so you're not run by your emotions. It will save you a tremendous amount of heartbreak down the road. But maybe someday I'll write a book but again, the book is sufficient off the way it is or as a woman you can read it and understand it flip it around to how you can use it to your advantage because this gives you the ability to tell which guys really get it and which guys don't because as a woman, you know that most guys just don't fucking have a clue how to be a man. And you can save yourself a lot of time and a lot of heartache by screening out and weeding out the guys that are just not appropriate, the guys that you shouldn't be spending your life with like this particular guy. I think that would be amazing. I would buy it and read it. I just ordered a copy of your current book but I have not yet received it. Even though it seems to be geared towards men, I'm going to read it anyway. I can't wait. Well, awesome. The answers are coming. They're in the book. And I highly encourage you to read it 10 to 15 times so you get to know it so well you don't have to think about it anymore because someday you have some sons of your own. You could teach them how to be men and how to treat women properly. And if you have little girls, you can teach them how to be women and which guys to look out for and avoid and which guys are the right guys to give their hearts to. My situation is this. I started dating a guy back in March of 2015. In the first couple of months, we were getting along very well. Then he springs it on me that he doesn't want a serious commitment. He confused me because his actions were the opposite. I stayed with it because I just thought because we had such a strong bond with each other that it would improve. So you're giving this dude the benefit of the doubt. The relationship or bond, whatever I thought it was, continued until now with texting and calling every day and seeing each other once, maybe twice a week. Well, I'd say just from that right there, you spent a little too much time chit-chatting and texting and not enough time in person. He told me that he had been hurt very badly a few years ago and this is where it's really important to listen to what this guy's self-talk is because this tells you about his model of the world. I mean you basically you're dealing with a ghost of another relationship with him and another woman that he had nothing to do with and the ripple effects it's affecting and more than likely it's going to affect who this guy is for the rest of his life. He got cheated on and was depressed and upset over it for a year. Now notice what he says. He told me he hates the word love and he doesn't believe in it and never wants to get married nor have children. Now think about like what I said in the quote about goals and values and standards. Obviously if you're writing this to me and the, the fact I've already read your email, you are thinking relationship with this guy. 
if you're thinking relationship, maybe you're thinking about living together, maybe you're thinking about having a family together, maybe you're thinking about marriage. Now look at his statement here. He hates the word love and he doesn't believe in it and never wants to get married nor have children. As a woman, you should be going, check please. All right, this has been great. I really enjoyed meeting you. Good luck in your search. Hope it all works out for you. When you hear something like that, that's it. Now, what does the average person do when they hear something like that? They go, well, if, he, if I just date him long enough, I can convert him. I can fix him. I can show him that I'll really love him better than anybody else and he can trust me and I'll be loyal and faithful to him, blah, 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 blah. That's what we tell ourselves. Well, we can, I can fix this person. I can make it better. I can fill in the blanks. I can be the woman that this last woman was not. That's what, the kind of shit we tell ourselves, especially when you're emotionally into that person at that point. Because remember, people can hide who they are for about the first 90 days of a relationship. Then the real truth comes out. Anyhow, about two weeks ago, we were at a Halloween party and I saw on his phone that he had received a sexy text from another girl. Remember, like attracts like. Once a cheater, always a cheater. Cheaters tend to think that everybody cheats. And if this guy was involved with a cheater, well, maybe, just maybe, it's because he's a cheater as well. I was devastated. I confronted him and he divulged to me that it was a recent girl he met and that taught him how to speak Spanish. Recent and he already learned how to speak Spanish? Something sounds a little off there. He has now friend zoned me and I don't know what to do. Let the motherfucker go. That's what you should do. I suppose I should just walk away and never look back. I'm not sure I can trust him. You absolutely cannot trust him. But then, because he's not the kind of person that trusts women. He's jaded. That's his model of the world. All women are going to cheat. What does that tell you? If he believes that that's the way people are, then that's because more than likely that's his nature. He's a liar and a cheater as well. But then I think, well, if we didn't have a proper commitment or exclusive relationship, then maybe it wasn't cheating. Well, from March to October, what are you talking, seven months there? Current events, foreign future trends. He's not, he doesn't have the same goals and values as you do. That's the bottom line. He's a fuck buddy, friends with benefits, open relation material. That's just the way this guy is. It's the worst thing any of us can do is to think we're going to fix this person or we're going to change them. And that reminds me, I had, I had a girlfriend that I used to date and I, I remember one time we were – she and I were at my place because we were living together and she was talking to my housekeeper and she's like – and this was a couple months before we broke up and, and she was telling like all guys are the same and I mean that was her model of the world and she had had some bad, bad relationships over the years with guys that just turned out to be just dickheads. But it's interesting. I, m I remember my girlfriend wasn't there and like the next time I saw her and she was telling me about this conversation and we, she was a little too far away from where I was. I couldn't really hear what they were saying at the time. But my housekeeper you know, was saying that all guys are the same. That's the way she you know, thinks all guys are kind of jerks. And so that's her model of the world. That's her belief system. That's how she automatically presupposes the way people are. And when I look back on it now, it's like yeah, I can see why they were – why she wasn't very good at communicating 
And she didn't place a high value on it because she believed all guys were jerks and it wasn't going to work out anyways. She never really put the effort in to communicate when there was a problem. And so therefore her way to solve problems was just to run away from them and to brush them under the rug. And I mistakenly assumed at the time that because of my skills and what I know, I could get her to open up and talk. And it just never happened. I was, was not able to do it. And it's just, you know, you can ignore reality, but you can't ignore the consequences of ignoring reality. And we all do this. I mean, everybody you're going to meet and potentially date or have a friendship, everybody's fucked up in some way. It's just you have to make sure that they have the same goals, same values, same standards as the other person. It's the only way it's going to work long term. But when you care about somebody, when you love somebody, and like this particular woman, it's like she's absolutely one of the most beautiful women I've ever, ever seen in my life. Yeah, the most fucking amazing body. I, even now, I, I just think about her and I imagine her walking through my place and the way her butt used to move when she had that feminine Italian shake. Oh, it's fucking hypnotizing. Her beauty was hypnotizing. And there were so many things that we had in common. There were so many great things about her as a person that I loved, absolutely fucking loved. But I can't fix the fact that she wasn't a communicator and that she was jaded towards men. I mean she grew up without a father. So you can't fix that. And when somebody's an adult and they've been living that way their whole lives, maybe someday she figures it out. But it's not my job to fix her. And so luckily I was able to get out of that relationship instead of being with her for several years. But it's tough. It's tough when you realize those things. It's tough when you realize that the person that you're with it's foobard and it's not going to work. Key is, is that once you realize it's foobard and it's not going to work, then you can get the hell out of it. But obviously, hopefully, you have the knowledge of my book because, again, you just see the patterns. It's like, you know, I'm going to be 46 in a few weeks and, you know, so at this point in my life, I can look back and to women that I've dated and had relationships with 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago and many of them I'm still in contact with. Maybe we just talk every once in a while but the person I got to know all those years ago, it's like you see the same patterns over and over. You see the same kinds of things and people don't change. They may become a better version of who they are. You know, it's like I one of my girlfriends that I used to have, I think she's fucking amazing, one of the most sexiest, beautiful women in the world. But she had a problem with telling white lies. And when things weren't going well, she would tend to start talking to male orbiters that were in her life. And I always thought that that would get better. And after being with her for three years, it's like every time there was a problem, she would call the male orbiters. And it's like, you see that pattern, it's like, I can't marry this girl, I can't can't be in a relationship like if I'm on a business trip somewhere and we, and we disagree on something and she's pissed off at me you think I'm going to be able to sleep that night in the hotel room no cuz I know she's probably going to be calling one of those other dudes instead of talking and working things out with me cuz she's just not a communicator that's what she learned from her family even I look at her today and the relationship that she's in today you see the same patterns I love her. I care about her. I hope she's going to be happy the rest of her life. But, I mean, it's not for me. I'm grateful for the experience. But you have to become strong enough as a human being to know when it's time to cut the cord and move on. And unfortunately, most people 
don't do that. Most people just settle for mediocrity and they hope they can make things better over time. It's like they sit around and they wait for the person they're with to evolve. It's like my old business partner. It's like, he ain't got to change. He's still that way. He's still a fucking snake in the grass. When it, If there's a way for him to get a better deal that's more fair for him than you, and it involves a little deception, he's, he's going to be the snake in the grass. It's just the way he was. I, I mean I knew the dude for – we're in business together 10 years and we'd worked together for a couple years before that. And he, that's just always the way he was. He's been humbled since then because he went through a lot of difficult – things but at the end of the day i know how he is and i know what his default setting is going to be and sometimes that's painful when you have to admit it and just like in this particular situation here i'm sure this guy was cool and you had a lot of fun it's like you you see all these things that are so great and you have all this chemistry but he's a flawed human being and your goals and values are just simply not aligned and there's nothing you can do about it you would it'd be nice to wave a magic wand and poof they'd be perfect but that's the way life is and to me when I look at that, part of life is becoming strong enough to walk away from friends or clients or business partners or lovers that fucking knock your socks off once you recognize and you realize that what you want and what they want, it's just – it's not there and you can't force it to be there. And for the average person that doesn't have choice in their personal life, they feel like better hold on better stick it out for the kids maybe it'll get better someday and they just and it just ruins their lives it's sad perhaps i thought it was more than it was probably i'd say that's a true statement i'm really lost now i cannot be just friends so i followed your advice on what you say in your videos and i just stopped contact should i walk away for good and i would say absolutely because obviously what you want and this guy's already told you everything you need to know about him and obviously you're looking for a relationship maybe someday you want to settle down and have kids get married but this guy is not capable of that he sounds like somebody that needs some therapy and that's just not the kind of person you want to be with again you gotta listen to it's like one of the things that Maya Angelou said when someone tells you who they are, believe them. That's definitely something to think about. So if you'd like to get my help personally, go to my website, click the products tab at the top of your screen and just follow the instructions for booking whichever coaching option works best for you. And I will talk to you soon.